<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What happened on Monday night against the Patriots and why it will never happen again. Plus, McDermott and Dable. What's wrong and how it can get fixed. Plus, where the Bills stand in the AFC and what needs to happen to save the season. That's all coming up on this week's edition of the Buffalo Plus Podcast. Welcome back to the Buffalo Plus Podcast presented by Connors and Ferris, Mike Catalana, Dan Fates. I am Jenna Cottrell. We're getting you ready for week 14, but of course we're also going to talk about what happened between the Bills and the Patriots. Mike, there's a lot to discuss with this. Um, Where do you want to start with this? (laughs) Let's start with the way the game ended up being played. And Dan, you were down on the field, so you know the weather portion of it. But there's no question that the weather impacted the game. Correct. It didn't totally cripple it, but it impacted Correct. it. It was these strange circumstances that we had, right? And it led to a game that I don't think we will ever see again. I mean, the Patriots running it on nearly every play. Yeah. And what became the narrative of the game was almost as if the Bills couldn't stop the run. But then when you really take a look at it, Patriots weren't that effective running the ball, certainly not to score points. They got the one touchdown and the two, and then they had two field goals. Mm -hmm. The whole game came down to the Bills' offense failing and not being able to capitalize, as Sean McDermott liked to point out, on the great field position. So I think it was more a failure of the Bills' offense, credit to the Patriots' defense, and then the big-time narrative of look at Belichick, who – obviously is the best coach of all time, at least in my opinion and a lot of other people's opinion. But his idea to run the ball on every play, to me, was a factor in the game, but it wasn't the reason that the Patriots won the game. Well, and we talked about this after we had our post-game blog. We always have our initial reactions. We put them up on YouTube on the night games. They go up in the morning here on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel. Like, comment, and subscribe. We're nearing now 12,000. Thanks, Dan. Crazy to think that. We even had a shout-out. Mike and I were doing our live hits before the yeah. game, and somebody we interviewed somebody. So shout-out if you're watching. And he's like, oh, I watch your guys' stuff on YouTube all the time. So we appreciate that. We enjoy it. it. We we find viewers everywhere. But to go off that, Mike, you're talking about the weather. Like, I know a lot of people, there were a lot of fans there that, oh, the weather. And then there were some people and even some analysts. Like, you know, again, I'm not trying to give, like, clickbait to all the other, like, shows. But, like, FS1 had it and said it was a snow game. was, like, the lower third graphic. Like, it snowed for, like, four minutes of the game. (laughs) Pre-game was awful. Like, the shots that you saw before the game of the swirling snow, I turned into a snowman in a a two-minute live hit. Like that weather was really bad. You asked to do that live hit. Yeah, I you did. <laughs> I asked. Can I just pause but, you right there? I just loved it. You had one snowflake fly directly onto your face. And it was like the <laughs> biggest snowflake I've ever seen. And, and the it kicker too, out there. Is, and like I said, the wind a lot of times swirls at Orchard Park or mm-hmm. at Highmark Stadium or the Ralph or wherever you guys want to call it. Like, but the wind was blowing directly into your face to have the live shot like have the stadium as the background. If we would have turned around, 
you would have been like, oh, whatever. Like the snow would be hitting. Your... It was just constant. Was like... Anyway, this, the, the conditions were way worse pregame. Tailgating was awful. During the game, that game wouldn't even be, honestly, in the top 10 worst games that I have filmed in, element-wise. Games that have impacted weather. It was worse during the Colts game, Mike. It was cold, rainy, constant. Jenna, like there have been worse games. I mean, obviously it was it was not this snow game. It wasn't sub-zero degree temperatures with this wind chill. Yes, yeah, the wind was right. blowing. But very it did, hard the one way. Yes, it impacted it did impact the, game. the game. Certainly the kicking part yeah, and the correct. throwing part. And it did impact the Bills more than it did. 100%. Patient. But right. but I and it's funny, I, getting up to people on Twitter, like, were you not at the game? Dude, I was on the sidelines. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I was there. The kicking game was affected. Going away from the tunnel, it was blowing pretty much right into you. And yeah. it gusted at times that kind of like jolted you. You kind of had to, you kind of had to catch yourself for a second. But it wasn't constant. And like I said, when people, when we get into it, the fact that like the Patriots running the ball, if the Bills go down there and drive at the end of the game and win it, like I thought they kind of felt like they were, yeah, we're sitting here and the 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 analysis is Belichick was uberly conservative, doesn't trust his quarterback, and they lost. I yeah. can't believe you'll lose a game when you only throw three passes. This narrative is, is, and like I said, Mike, like you were talking about, that the Bills can't stop the run. They held their own. Now it sucks when there's two big plays that killed you. You know, yeah. it was a big run and, and stuff like that, but. There's a lot that is getting made out of this game that I think isn't necessarily 100% accurate of this defense or this weather. Yeah, I think the thing for me is just the more outstanding things, in my opinion, are the red zone issues that we've seen mm -hmm. this Bills team have and the consistency of inconsistency of back and forth every other week we've seen this team win and then lose and then win and then lose and we're now entering week 14 and what was the bills last back-to-back -back win what was it week four and five five yeah. at kansas city yeah yep. so this has been a team that's kind of it's so interesting hearing the players talk and you know they've been asked like what is your identity it's december like this yeah. team's identity is that they can be that streaky and that inconsistent. And Mike, yep. those red zone issues, I agree with Dan. Like I was waiting for this Bills team to come back and win. And we saw it so many times last year, Josh Allen in the fourth quarter able to overcome. And this year, this team has not been able to really win a close game. They haven't been able to put the points up to do it. And those red zone issues, like it, it's so concerning where yep. they're at. And the frustrations that they're having because this is not just one game. This is not it just is. two games. It, it reminded Dan and I, certainly offensively, they didn't have the turnovers, a bit of Jacksonville. It's kind of funny to compare Jacksonville yeah, I agree. And, and New England. When they get, and you guys will hear, everybody knows the phrase, they'll say behind the sticks. Like when you're more than 10 yards to go, when you keep going in the wrong direction, it's tough, especially mm -hmm. in the red zone because the space is limited. So you're sitting there at, third and goal from the 16 that's yep. brutal and they put themselves and it's dumb stuff dumb. josh cannot take a sack in those circumstances you got to get the ball out you can't have false starts dawson knox it's just a killer and when it's already a struggle and then you add in those things and when i say that look a guy gets beat the quarterback gets sacked i get it that can happen but that clock's got to be in the quarterback's head to say mm -hmm. i got to get it out we can't afford this you know, it's not like it's fourth down and you got to make the play. 
and the false starts and the holding calls sometimes. Yeah. You know, that comes a lot of times from missing your assignment. And now you got to grab a hold of somebody. So they've done that a lot. And what did Dable say right away? McDermott said it. We went backwards. Like, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's trying to find this one consistent thing. And you're it's consistently inconsistent, however you want to phrase it. Like you said, where it's like, yep, they did it again. Yep, they went backwards. Yes, they had a false start, you know, and then they drop passes when they have chances, when somebody can make a play. Yeah. And I know the guy, people are going to ready already to comment. The guy knocked the ball out of Knox's hands. Yes, he could have caught it. They could have gotten a touchdown on that one. We know, obviously, Diggs dropped another one. Yeah. But um, so it's a lot of different things. But the red zone is killing them, Dan. Yeah. And you're going backwards. And I, I just they keep bringing up again. We can talk about post game press conferences, but they bring up Mitch Morris, who I, I really think gives some thoughtful answers. And he <laughs> he was asked about the red zone issues and he had the best quote I thought that was you know useful at the end of the game where he said that it's never a there's never an ideal time or opportune time to shoot yourself in the foot, but we choose to do it at the absolute worst times. It's and so it's true. so true. They get to the six yard line. You're like, here it comes. And it doesn't. And they shoot themselves in the foot. It's a holding call. And like I said, that has been the lather, rinse, repeat. That is the one thing that has been actually consistent this year is that it is one problem compounded with another problem, which yeah. is then compounded by a missed field goal or a punt or a turnover on downs. That is what has happened. And again, we can look at it, and Dan Orlovsky did a great breakdown of, and Mike, you even asked Brian Dable about the touchdown that they did have to Gabriel Davis. Phenomenal design concept throughout. And Mike, you're like, why can't you just do it again? Like, yeah, why well, can't and I asked him in that way because I wanted him to explain it's not always easy to get those circumstances. Mm -hmm. The Patriots know what you did, but they do try to, like he said, we had something similar later. You try to get in that same spot. New England knows it too, right? So within that spot. But what I liked about that, you're right. What I liked about that play was, and Orlovsky was explaining it, that it was the few things go together. Josh brings that, things that fans don't even notice. And if mm -hmm. I get one more person tell me they never play action, it's exactly what they did on that touchdown. Yep. Play actions. Josh is decisive. There goes Diggs or uh, Gabe Davis reading the room. Uh, that's help for the red zone coming. I was literally. <laughs> It's red zone help coming in for the Bills. Um, and and he throws it, and it's a touchdown. And it, I won't say it looks easy, but it looks so efficient. And that, unfortunately, Jenna, that's been the outlier. Mm -hmm. That hasn't yeah. been what they've done this year. No, I know. And and we talk so much about how mature this team is, and they have so many veterans and all these things. Dan, is this team really mature? Because I feel like we've talked about it, but at the same point, these are mistakes that – can be cleaned up and corrected. And, and every week we hear about, you know, we just need to execute better. At what point is it, maybe this team isn't as mature as we thought? That's a really good question and a really good point. I, I think they're mature enough to understand it. It's just a matter of, are they good enough right now to fix it? And right now they're not playing good enough. Like Mike, we, we talked about it, that this game felt like Jacksonville, where I felt like, even though with how bad they had played and how they had, the all it seemed like so many things had gone against them. I still thought with four minutes to go, here yep. comes Josh. We're gonna do it. And then and then the conversation after the game would be like, whew, ugly win in December, but hey, well, you got the win, and that's all that matters. And you're in first place, and all these things at Jacksonville. Well, you you didn't play good, but when it counted the most, they did it. The problem is, is that you can do that game, and, and the Bills have addressed it too. They said, Well, you know, the 200 and some odd rushing yards they gave up. 
well, if you take out the one big long run, it's only 3.5 rush yards. Yeah, but you can't. And if <laughs> Greg you say, Williams lined. Yeah, yeah. And like, so, so this thing is that like you can do this with a lot of teams. Guess what, Mike? The Lions could have won a couple of games if the if if Justin Tucker doesn't hit a 66 starter, but you can't take away that play. Yeah. And guess what? Good teams, good teams like the Bills did last year, found ways to make the plays. This team hasn't found ways to make plays when it counts at the end of the game. I just have one comment. Uh, I just find it very interesting that it is Jenna questioning the maturity of men in their 20s and 30s. <laughs> I've been fooled Touché. by them so many times. <laughs> just overall. Yeah, they're you know what? They're all immature. Um, I should have known. <laughs> I should have known. Um, Mike, we, we. All right, we'll go to mature men then. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Sean this situation, Sean McDermott saying after the game, don't give Bill Belichick more credit than he does, than he needs. Uh, but again, I think what we saw, yeah, some of those moments, like the, the challenge call by McDermott, some of those things where you're like, what are you, what is going on? Well, that question was again, the psychological impact of, you know, look, it's a talented reporter used to be in Buffalo uh, Matthew Fairburn, and he's mm -hmm. asking that question as a guy who knows the Bills and yeah. knows the Patriots. But when you ask a head coach, I don't care who you are, unless you're a first-game rookie, Sean McDermott respects Bill Belichick. Do I think he likes him? 100%. Right. Yeah. Do I think he likes him? No. Yeah. Do I mean meaning like, do I think he's like, oh, Bill, he ain't Andy Reid to him. He's the yeah. guy that denied Andy Reid. He's the guy that's done. Like, that's the guy you're going after. And then the, the question sort of is like, what is the psychological impact? Like, McDermott was having none of that. I like an angry McDermott. I do too. Okay? I do think he made mistakes during the game. I think he got a little frustrated. And I think there's things when you look back on, you're like, this was a problem. That was a problem. And then he, he threw the line in of Belichick ridiculously had uh with his wide receiver um, field and punts and McDermott got in a line you did see that in the post game where he's like yeah uh I didn't want to have what happened to them oh, because yeah. because uh that burned the Patriots like even Bill Belichick makes mistakes but the thing was like the psychological impact again it's not necessarily the question sometimes it's the way it's phrased mm -hmm. and McDermott got angry and was snippy now, I also listened to the Boston fanboy reporters going off on that. And please, it's supposed to be some tough market reporters. It's a bunch of fanboys fawning all over everything. But the idea was, well, it really is. The idea was just, just like, dunk on a mic. Well, I mean, come on. You know, they would look at us as little small town Rochester and Buffalo. And, you know, they're all like, oh, McDermott is getting whatever. Yeah. Yes, it's Belichick. So. I do agree that McDermott made some mistakes. I do agree it's tough to coach against Belichick, but I like when Sean gets cranky. I like when he's mad. I want to see that come out in the team this week. Two things off that point. One, Sean was more emotional, more intense on the sidelines than I had seen in quite some time, and I liked that. The question was kind of like the follow-up question from – the Matthew Fairburn, who used to write for the athletic in Buffalo was like, do you think that that rubs off your team the wrong way? Does that, does that frustration kind of bleed into your team? And he's like, that's who I am. And again, I go back to what it was in Jacksonville when the Jaguars are going, their sideline was dead. Like they didn't. And I think Sean was doing everything he could to keep his team in it. Yeah. He was pissed off at a couple of calls. He was livid at some refs 
and yeah. was pointing at him and all those things. I liked all that. It's not over the top. This isn't, it's not comical. Like you see Belichick, Belichick throws the phone. It's like, oh, he gets it. It's like, oh, so when Sean yells at a ref, it's childish. No, it's not. Sean McDermott has earned the respect that he can be himself on the sidelines. And I think he's also, as we've been saying, trying to send a message to his yeah. team. Yeah. Like Sean's angry. You guys get angry. I I'm completely... angry. Where are you guys? Yeah, I completely agree. And I feel like we've seen him be so disciplined all the time that it's mm -hmm. like, you know what? No, he is frustrated and it's going to show and react to that. Sometimes when someone, I feel like when, when they're very stoic or whatever, you're like, oh, it's okay. But seeing him get that angry and that frustrated, like that sent the message yeah. home. Of I, I always, up. you're right, Jenna. It's so funny you say that. Cause I always think when a guy is stoic and they're winning, he looks, you know, so calm, cool. cool. When yeah. they're losing, he looks clueless. When yes. a coach is fired up <laughs> and they're impressed. winning, he's emotional. When they're not, he's you know lost it and his team yeah. is going to follow it. Uh, look, I go back to from when we were in Jacksonville, Sean McDermott, first year, lost that playoff game and watching mm -hmm. that guy stand outside the locker room and greet every one of his players coming in the door. You remember that. Here yep. he is standing there. And I thought, wow, in this big moment when they lost his first playoff game, that's who he is. Mm -hmm. And I think he's still that guy. Does yeah. he get cranky a little bit? Yeah. Does he not want to lose to Belichick? Yeah. But the other part about this is he's two and two in his last four games against Belichick. Okay. I don't care if Belichick didn't have the team he wanted last year. He beat him twice and he blew him out in the second game. Yeah. And this time Belichick got him and he got him in a close game in the, in the one in 2019 yeah. at the end of the year. So it's a rivalry now it's on yeah. between the two of them and they'll get another chance. And Mike, going off that that game back at the end where he blew him out, that was Monday Night Football. That was mm -hmm. the Bills just putting dirt over the Patriots' grave of that season. I remember asking McDermott after the game in the Zoom call, Belichick and McDermott had a long post-game handshake. Like it was like, a, in Belichick terms, it was an eternity <laughs> because we've seen his post-game handshakes be milliseconds. You got to slow him down. To you just... have to slow them down. <laughs> Seriously. He pulled McDermott in close and they had. I forgot a, about that. Yeah. I remember tweeting it out being like, this is something like Belichick doesn't do this. And you should I have played asking... the Titanic music over the top <laughs> yes. of it when they were hugging. Yes. And the fact is that I asked McDermott about it and he was like, <laughs> and I knew he wasn't going to tell me what Bill said, but I said like, what did that mean? That like, it wasn't just the, oh, hey, I beat you, you know. Hey, once again, I beat you or, Hey, you beat me with, you beat me with Cam Newton or like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It was a, it was a meaningful conversation. He's like, yeah, that's the greatest that he's the greatest to ever do it. He said that like, so to sit here and say like the, you know, the, the fanboy media in Boston to go, Oh, that's disrespectful. Nobody respects like, Sean McDermott's all about oh, respect. But he yeah, respects, he's not going to sit there. He's no not going to sit there and be like, guess what? If we stop, if we give up an eight yard gain, instead of a 64-yard gain, guess what? I probably beat this dude. So don't sit here and tell me that he outcoached me so mass masterfully when he, he even went on to say it, Mike. Uh, it wasn't a shocker that they ran the ball all the time. He's like, we knew it was coming. What do you yeah. want me to do? Yeah. I will say, though, I think that's a point of frustration for so many Bills fans, Mike, is the fact that you knew the Patriots were going to run the ball, yep. albeit not as much as only three pass attempts from Mac Jones. But at the same point, the Bills struggling to yes. 
contain the run. And again, if you take out that long run, what's the, you know, yards per carry? It doesn't matter because they gave up that, that really long touchdown. But right. at the same point, I think Bills fans are so frustrated because you can run on this Bills team. And yeah. we've seen this now, the Colts game. We've seen this stretch back years. Yeah, it has not been a strength. They don't have a guy uh, that just eats things up in the middle takes yeah. on two blockers. Like I think they thought star was going to be that guy and coming back from COVID and not you know, coming back from COVID. Yeah. 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 So it's not, not in the case. I, I, the thing was what's frustrating and what got into the whole question of whether they were embarrassed with Hyde and Poyer and all was the fact that they were basically running the same play. But when you watch those plays and you watch them on the tape and you see, it's just pull the guard from the left side, bring him to the right yeah. hat on hat. And that's, that's big boy football they're trying to do. The point was, it was impactful to a point. The Bills could have gotten them out of that with a touchdown. It, Diggs catches the ball. You know, they make the field goal. Like a bunch of things could have happened mm -hmm. to get them out of it. The Bills never got them out of it. That's why I put yeah. the blame on the Bills' offense more than I do the Bills' defense. Yeah. And, I, and that's a great like segue because I we look at this all the time. And this is the segue to the offense. But I just want to make one last point about the Bills' defense is the fact of the Bills' offense can be so predictable. It's so predictable. We got you. You don't want defenses to be able to know what you're going to do. The Bills knew what the Patriots were going to do. It didn't matter. And now, granted, what Mike? The only game had 11 first downs. So again, it wasn't like they marched down the field all the time on the Bills. But this thought that the Bills' offense needs to be unpredictable, or that defenses now know what we're going to do, is a whole bunch of BS, in my opinion. Because wow. yeah. th this Bills offense can, you should be able to at some point tell another team what what you're going to do because they know it. Like you act like these coaches don't study film for tens, you know, <laughs> fifty hours a week, and that they're going to be shocked when a new play comes in. Like well, I've never seen that. They've seen it all. These yeah. coaches get paid. They have assistants that just yeah. watch film for days, and to sit here and be like, we need to be more unpredictable. You guys, the Bills offense was very predictable in 2020. Stephon Diggs was getting the ball. Teams knew it, couldn't stop it. Guess what they still tried to do? He saw the most single coverage in the league. You don't think that like teams like were like, hey, this Stephon Diggs guy. <laughs> he's pretty he's, good. He's pretty good. No, they went in there with a plan, and the Bills just were better. The Bills yeah. are not that good this year on offense for whatever reason. And it, it, it's struggling, and this thought of being unpredictable or this balanced offense to me is just a load of BS. Do what you do. It's throw the ball because the best plays that the Bills had against the Patriots in those conditions were Josh Allen throwing the ball. Those yep. were the so, most productive plays. So, Mike, I want to ask then, do you think it's a discrepancy between McDermott and Dable? Like, yeah. Do you think it's just a differing philosophy? Do you think that McDermott wants a team that can maybe run the ball more and maybe Dable feels like he has to be tied to that? So it, it, here's the way I look at it. Last year, it all worked. Dan's right. It worked. Dayball's running the offense. It worked. You're throwing the ball. You're scoring 30-plus points a game, 500 points. You go to the AFC Championship. It worked. It's not working this year. When it's not working, you look for something different. I think McDermott is right on one big point. When you do run the ball and can run the ball, you show a level of toughness that is needed in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And the Bills are not that team. But if mm -hmm. I'm Brian Dayball, I'm sitting there going, okay, Brandon, Sean, you brought back the whole offensive line. You've drafted a rookie. Great. Um, you brought back everybody 
and we came back with this team. In fact, one of our linemen came back 30 pounds less. And this is what you gave me. And now you're asking me, now, oh, now we want to be tougher. You try it. You try it. He talked about trying it in training camp. That's when you start building these things. Wasn't happening. It doesn't happen. I don't see this group doing it. And so if, if they were scoring 30 points a game and fl- flinging it all over the place and it was working, nobody would be talking about the running game. Correct. But they're not doing that. And so I think McDermott is frustrated that this team is not scoring points and doesn't show that level of toughness. So he's looking for it from his offense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Dable and the team have that in them. So they keep trying things and it ain't working. And you keep beating your head against the wall to make it work. And yes, I do believe there's conflict between the two in how to get this done. Dan, your smile. If people are just listening to the podcast, Dan is just smiling and nodding his head. As I've said in in our post-game blog, uh, with full disclosure, I still respect and trust Brian Dable than some members of my family. So, like, I will put that out there. But the, the, the fact is, is that guess who wasn't a tough football team? The 2020 Bills didn't matter. Like, like they weren't a tough football team. Their defense was worse. And you're supposed to tell me that they, they were a, a more physical team last year. But like Mike's point said, when everything works, you just don't care. Like, like guess, guess who's not a physical team? The Kansas City Chiefs. They're not a physical team. That's what the Bills were built to do is to compete yep. with speed. And Dawson Knox wasn't drafted to run block. And Stephon Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, while they are while Cole Beasley may be as tough mentally as anybody is with playing through injuries and stuff like that, they're not a tough football team. They're not road graders. And guess why the Patriots can do what they do and why they can run the ball 46 times? Because they were built to run people over and push people around. That's what they were built to do. Trent Brown is comically large. He, like, he was a head taller than every single person in the Patriots huddle. And I went, yeah, they got him to run block. He's, he's their offensive tackle. He's a... He's a, a, a human mountain and he's moving people around like they don't have that. And I want to quote like a tweet because I was tweeting yesterday. Uh, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday. What day? Is yes. That's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes. So I had said that and it's, a, it's an expression I've used before that like if you're a championship boxer and you have a big right hook, everybody that you fight knows you have a big right hook. That doesn't mean that you throw left handed jabs to be a well-balanced boxer. Go in there and throw what you got and you say, can you handle it? And Chris M, I want to give him a shout out because I thought this was a great analogy. Chris M tweeted back at me and says, you don't buy a Ferrari and determine to take it off-roading. <laughs> like the Bills are trying to become something that they're not. And Mike, you have said time and time before, and you've asked them, and the Bills have been asked, <clears throat> what is your guy's identity? They're a team that is built to spread teams out. That's what they were constructed to do. And now they're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole by going, we want to be a tough football team now. And they're not. I I would agree with you. I don't think they're built to be tough like you talked about. I think they're built more for f- finesse. But at the same point, I think we've seen we you know Sean McDermott came into this season. Brian Brian Dable, you know Brandon Bean about their fastball being their receivers, and they want to keep their receivers. I feel like we've seen you know Diggs has been good, but Cole Beasley has basically been out of it. I feel like Emmanuel Davis or Emmanuel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders has kind of faded in these last couple of weeks. Gabriel Davis, you've seen him catch the ball more, but like, you know, talking about Dawson Knox, including in that, like he had some bad drops in that game. So I get totally what you're saying, Dan, but at the same point, I just don't feel like the level of 
play from some of those receivers has been at a level that we saw last year as well. You're right, but defenses are playing them differently, and you do need to adjust. And the Ferrari comparison is an interesting one, but if you take that down a notch where it doesn't have to be the Ferrari, uh, you might still need Subaru and Tesla. No, that 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 they, the they don't make. They haven't Mike, made make this a, Mike, give me a Tesla reference. Come All on, right, you a want a Tesla, Tesla reference? So everybody knows I have a Tesla, right? Because yeah. I'm what? green. I'm green. I want everybody to know that I'm green. Uh, I put snow tires on it. I love the car, but I put snow tires on it. Do I love driving it with snow tires? No, but at times I need those snow tires because that's what you need. That's the analogy to what you have with the Bills. There are times you need to run it. You need to be able to run it. It needs to get through the snow. And that's what I'm saying with the Bills. The issue is with this team, they aren't what they were a year ago, and they don't have that other gear. And the other thing they cannot do because, again, they're not built to do it. Man, there's teams that can crush you with a screen game. This team has thrown – they had the screen against uh, – who was that? Against uh, New Saints. Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Tweeted about it. <laughs> I tweeted in capital letters, the Bills executed a screen because they don't have the linemen – I like all those guys. They don't have the linemen that can get out in front of a screen. They don't have the timing. They're just off on all that. Orlovsky talked about it when we talked yeah. about the Bill screen game. They don't have those other gears that you need in different circumstances. But to your point, what, what gives them a shot, the puncher shot, the big left hook, is that yeah. they can throw the ball. So put it back in Josh's hands and chuck it around the park. Well, two things, Mike. It's so funny because you talk about putting snow tires on a Tesla. That's what the Bills want to do. Unfortunately, they were put on by me, who doesn't know how to put on snow tires correctly. So the car sucks. So now it's not. So now it's just a Tesla on below skins. With, yeah, with, with 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 crappy lug nuts not tested in right. That's what you got. And I love that we have now come. It seems like almost full circle. Because somebody tried to call me out on Twitter, being like, "Oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Covers the team. He probably has tweets somewhere saying they should have run the ball more." You will never find a tweet of me ever saying to run the ball. I have been very open, very honest to throw the ball on every single down ever. Okay. But the fact is, is that it was, you know, this is great. Let Josh throw, let Josh throw. And then somewhere we've gotten to the point where it's like, well, we got to run the ball more. Now people have officially realized that they are so bad at running the ball. It's like, screw it. Let's throw it with Josh. (laughs) We have have come full circle to where everybody's back on my side where it's like, screw it. This is what we got. Let's just go all in with it. I love it. This team is, as I've said, is going to go as far as Josh Allen takes them. And I thought in the conditions, he played fine. Again, the ball to dig, digs, catches a ball. Things like that. Like he was still Josh Allen. And I still think that's what you're going to get with him. And again, it sucks that, you know, Tyler Bass misses a tough field goal going into the wind. That's tough. Again, we can look at all these things and say, coulda, woulda, shoulda, and what if. But at the end of the day, you lost the game. And it may seem like the sky's falling in and that Brian Dable can't call plays anymore, that this can't happen. And that's just not the case. Like I, I still have faith in, I still think Brian Dable is one of the top of the line. offensive coordinators in the league and it's not him that is full starts and he's not the one holding and he's not the one shooting himself in the foot um on these drives for the most part i mean yeah and i think you look at the progression of josh allen and you can say that brian dable has been like obviously most of that is on josh but at the same point like brian dable is a huge piece of that real quick i just as we wrap up the dable mcdermott part one i think they'll get it sorted out maybe they already have for the rest of this regular season but i'll tell bills fans who want to push 
That guy, in two minutes, I think he's still going to get a head coaching job. I think it's still out there for him. And if not, you put Brian Dable on the market, he's snapped up in five minutes to be a coordinator somewhere else. So you'll be complaining about the next offensive coordinator, too, when plays don't work. All right? Brian Dable. It's the easy scapegoat. It is. It's about play calls, play calls. Is anybody complaining about the play calls of Leslie Frazier for the defense when they didn't stop the run like you wanted in the last game? Is it play calls or is it the players themselves? Or is it the execution of those plays? So okay, wait. Go ahead, Dan. Is Sean McDermott calling plays on defense? I, I think he has a pretty big impact on the defense. Hey, look, I've, the defense, seen, him, I've seen him, I've seen him with the play sheet, but that's quite that a bit of times at all. That, microphone. He's he definitely he is that's who he is. And he right. he's worked with that. That wouldn't surprise me or bother me one bit if Sean no, no, no. Loved. But he the did that done it. in the yeah. middle of last year when the defense was giving up 30 points a game and he said he had taken back the play calling. Okay. Going off of that though, Mike, you mentioned the players. Yeah. How much of Brandon Bean do we have to add into this? Like yeah, look, where do you think yeah. that level of oh, should be at? I think Brandon Bean is an outstanding general manager. Yeah. I think he has given the Bills something they did not have since back in the Super Bowl days, which is legitimacy in the front office, respected guy. Is he perfect? No. Has he whiffed on some things? Yes. Did they calculate incorrectly this year about the offensive line? I think they did. I think they thought, bring him back, add a rookie, let's see where it goes. I would have liked to have seen more there, more depth, you know, maybe upgrades at some of these spots. I think that's really where they've kind of, let the team down. He's tried. Could they have done something at the deadline? Yeah. Would it have been great to get another body in there? Yes. But these are the guys they have, and I still don't think it's been good enough. So you could make that argument on Bean, who you're not going to sit here and have me criticize him that he doesn't know what he's doing. He's no. a great general manager. But this has not been the same offseason that he had the year before. It gets tougher. Now we get down to a few big key moves. And I think in total, he's done an outstanding job. I think he deserves some criticism for the way the O-line has played. Yeah, I feel like the process is uh, had a full-on relationship. So they start dating in 2017. <laughs> Jenna, okay. Jenna will probably add in great analysis here. But Mike, as you're talking about it, where you're like, you're complimenting him, but I'm like waiting for the big butt. Like to be like, he's great. He's a great Obviously, Brandon I have a Bean's, lot of respect for him. Yeah, yeah like he he's had so awesome. many good times together. <laughs> on top of that, on top of that, he's a Braves fan, so I know he's like a really smart GM. Right. Um. So they they, they start dating in 2017, right? They have their first guys. Fight. No, no, they have their first fight in 2018. Like it was like, oh boy, but you're like, we'll get through this. Like we'll get through this, guys. And then they kind of get engaged in 2019, and you're like, this is pretty cool. Like we're 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 married. You know, we're gonna get married. And 2020, they exceed expectations. It's the honeymoon. awesome. Yeah. It's the honeymoon. We yeah. are now, honey, you're leaving your dishes in the sink and and, and you're not soaking them. Like, so this it's is not enough. Of- it's not breakup. It's just annoying stuff. It's just annoying yeah. stuff. The Bills are still above 500. I still think they have a good chance to make the playoffs. They still get to face the Jets and the Falcons down the stretch. But like, we are over the honeymoon phase. It, it, we're starting to be <laughs> it's like. It's on now. It's like, yeah. what are, it's, you're asking, you're asking like, what's for dinner? And you're like, you pick. And it's like, yeah. well, I, why don't you pick? And it's like, well, by last the way, time you picked, uh, this was, the, it was awful. And by the way, you never liked his mother. 
So, but yeah, that, so so Jenna, to your point, now we've gone from Tesla snow tires to Brandon Bean's relationships. Yeah. Um, is that look, there's some fault there. And you know, look, and I gotta say this, like Bobby Johnson, heck of a guy. Everybody likes him. The offensive line is underachieved. This is what happens in the NFL. Is it all on a coach? Absolutely not. It's on players, it's on coaches, but sometimes maybe it's a different voice, different idea. Yeah. Um, but if you're gonna if there's gonna be criticism, it usually goes downhill a little bit. That's you know, there's a phrase for that. Um, yeah. but I think everything is on the table for this team. But to transition to the last part we we're gonna talk about, everything is still in front of this team. They're not done. It's not yeah. over. And if they snap out of it, they still have a chance to do really good things this year. Yeah. They're currently right now in the seventh final wild card spot, entering week. 14 obviously they have tampa coming up and like you mentioned dan there's the falcons ahead there's the jets um there's other games too but yeah um but th- it is still ahead of this team and it's interesting because i feel like dan this team has really struggled when they've been in that hunted position now I feel like with the way things went on Monday night, they're kind of in that underdog role yeah. once again. Yeah, there's uh, there's plenty of room to jump back on the bandwagon of the Bills. Like this would be the time. And I think last year, weren't the Bucks seven and five? I just got off. Kyle Berger is a guy. It's right here on the Buffalo Plus channel, and we were talking about what That's it was exactly. last year. He goes, they were seven and five, and they were struggling, and they came off the bye, and people are like. Yeah, maybe it's going to take a little while for Tom Brady, and it's not going the way it was. And then they got going. Yeah. Now I know it's it's, it's Tom Brady. I get it, but it's forty two year old Tom Brady too with a new team. Yeah. So yeah, hey, look, you want to get everybody back? Go knock off the Bucks Sunday. Go beat yeah. them. <sighs> and that it, the, the problem <laughs> is is that the Bills, the Bills defense, especially too. You knew Mac Jones in that weather wasn't going to test Trey White or the the lack that of, of missing Trey White. Now Tom Brady, who is uh, having another MVP caliber season, can kind of pick his poison because Leonard Fournette is another yeah. power back. That offensive line has some road graders in there. Like this is going to be the test for the Bills defense. But on the other side, the Bills offense should feast on this banged up secondary, secondary. of the Bucks. They're like, talking about this- Richard Sherman playing safety. He can't yeah, play this, corner anymore. This is 50. I think the over under is 53 and a half. And that's the highest of the week uh, by far. And so like, this is going to be the time where, again, I couldn't have, I couldn't be more team dome um, in, yeah. in Orchard Park. But again, this is the, 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 the conditions that the bills as a whole play very well in. And it's just going to be come down to, you know, can they, execute because cliche at the end of the day cliche that's what it all comes down to is execution hey jenna we're not gonna need snow tires in tampa shut up shut (laughs) up it's supposed to be 85 on saturday and a brisk 75 that's perfect that's what you want 85 when we get down Mm -hmm. there sunday you're on the sidelines by the way it's you and mike evans again on the sidelines yeah yeah yeah, no tray plan. That's very no disappointing in that in many bad. ways. But yeah, so yeah. just step back a little bit there when you see Big Mike. <laughs> if I get run over again, <laughs> no, would it go not. extra viral or would it just be one of those things like here it goes? Here she goes. What do again. I tweet? <laughs> what do I tweet? 
guy. Mike Evans is know. after me. <laughs> what do you say? Mike Evans is after me. <laughs> yeah, he's chasing you down on the sidelines. Seriously, no. The yeah. picture of you, like <laughs> that was four years ago. Yeah. Is that crazy? It feels like it was fifty-two years ago. Yeah. All right, that was a Jameis Winston-led Tampa. Yes. Game. This oh, may be our best pod. This may be the best one. Oh, wow. I know we say that often. I think this is the best you one. You say that after every show. I think so. I think this is yeah. the best one. Well, we're a little fired up today. Got yeah, me going. Right. I, I went after the Boston media, snow tires. Snow tires. Uh, marriages. Check, marriages. <laughs> yeah. Mike Evans. And I'm just glad. I'm just glad as a whole, as a Bills community as a whole, as a Buffalo Plus family, that we can just be done with running the football. I have fought so hard. <laughs> I fought so hard for this. And I was the yeah. OG. I want to be. I want to be known as the OG of pass the ball on 100 percent of downs. And I just, I'm just glad that I'm not alone anymore. How that about like you? We, we can all be big hug. How about Daybo this week, Jenna? 46 passes, three runs. Yeah, I'm. I honestly would not be shocked. I saw a really good tweet. Uh, let's see if I can find it. It was. Oh. It was let Josh cook, let Josh flambe, let Josh broil, let Josh roast, let Josh bake, like let Josh do all the cooking. I, I can't remember who tweeted it, but it was really funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Let and Josh cook. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what you get. We'll have plenty more coverage coming up on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel. Mike, tell them about you briefly mentioned it, but you did speak with a reporter in Tampa. Yeah, it was really good. He gave us a lot of insight. And for Bills fans, I mean, he's describing a lot of what it's like down there for the Bucks, which is annoying just because it's Brady and Gronk. But Gronk said some great things about Buffalo. Again, they're not as annoying because they're not in Foxborough anymore. But the other thing he did talk about was the Bucks' defense. Strong up front, but as Dan hinted at there, really having issues in the secondary. And if you can protect Josh, you can hammer this Bucks secondary. Mm -hmm. That's a big if. But if you can get the ball out, they do not have the guys right now that can cover. They got to get to the quarterback. So Brady is not getting hit at all. When he did get hit in the Washington game, he told me, he said, he just was not the same guy the rest of the game. And they got beat. He threw a couple picks. And he doesn't like to get hit when he was 23, let alone when he's 43. So that would be a key. But the key thing was you can score on the box. So we'll see. Yeah. We shall see. It'll be a fun game. We know that weather will be really nice. Yeah. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> this right, was please. this was this was one one in the Bills draft. Everybody always asks us, "How do you know who's going to which games?" Yeah. You do a draft. That's what happens. Jenna and I do a draft. Jenna yeah, got first pick, seniority, mm -hmm. and one one off the board was Tampa in December. So this is your this is, this is your game. What was your second? What was your first choice? Kansas City. Kansas City. Okay. Right, rain we there. Had, Rained in Jacksonville. Mike, it was so bad. They, Mike, it was so bad. They thought about postponing the game until tomorrow. They, they, they thought about pushing it, yeah. the game back. That's how bad they had. A, they were worried about people's safety. It was so bad at my first game that I picked. <laughs> you know how to pick them. All right. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, thank you so much for watching. We'll have more content coming up. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. You know how much that means to us and always helps out our channel. So we always appreciate that. For Mike and Dan, I'm Jenna. We'll catch you next time on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel.